Thanks for checking out the Bridge Podcast. It's not a mistake you found us. We pray God speaks to you today. Check us out Sundays at 10.30 a.m. For more information, go to sfbridge.org. Last week we talked about Jesus. Here's Jesus, and Jesus is looking out, and he sees the field, and he's like, the field is ripe for, come on, say it with me, harvest. And then on the other side, I did this. You saw this last week, if you weren't here, and the disciples were looking out, and they're like, yeah, Jesus, the harvest is ripe for the field. And what we didn't get to this morning is that in between the harvest field that they saw, in between were these people called the Samaritans. And Jesus was trying to reach this people group, and he's looking out at the Samaritans, and he's saying, Guys, do you see the harvest? And he's talking about the Samaritan people. And the disciples are looking out and going, Yes, Jesus, I see the fields. They're ripe for the harvest. But there's these people in the way, God. And and they didn't quite get it. They didn't understand that they were there to reach these people. That was the harvest. And we really talked about last week, you know, love God, love people. Don't do anything stupid. And what that really meant was we want to walk alongside this community, the school district, the the government, everything that's here being a blessing, not getting all weird and and funky. All right? We can say funky in church, right? Think of a Beastie Boys song, but we won't go there. Um, Brass monkey. You know it, you sinners. Come on. All right. But that's the harvest. And we talk about the harvest and we throw these words around. Oh, the, the harvest. Yeah, the harvest. It's just grand. The harvest. And we go, what, what are we actually saying? What does that mean? And we talked about farming. We live in a, a farming community partly. And, and we'd look at that. And in a farming community, the harvest is what? It's the toughest part. Because somebody says yes to Christ. And all of a sudden, every power of hell is against them. Not allowing them to come to church. Not allowing them to go, man, I need to dig in. And, and all of a sudden, everything's against them. So when we say the harvest, we're actually going, God, we're preparing for war is what we're doing with the harvest. And so then what happens after the harvest is we start talking about the harvest with people and the harvest is here, the workers are few, the harvest is ripe, and all of a sudden, and then we start doing this other word, and it's not harvest, but I see this at pastor's conferences and leadership conferences. We get next to each other and we'll, we'll punch each other in the shoulder and I'll be like, man, now we're just praying not for only for the harvest, but we're praying for the breakthrough. How many ever heard that word at a church before? the breakthrough. I'm praying for the breakthrough. You're like, all right, man, and we just pray, and we're praying, we're like, man, life right now is kind of sucky, and I'm looking for the breakthrough, and it's not working. I'm going, God, I just want the breakthrough. I'm going to come on, how many would love a breakthrough in your life right now? You're like, I would love a breakthrough. One person. Come on, if we're all real, all of us want a breakthrough in our life in some way, shape, or form. We're looking for that breakthrough. We're going, I need a breakthrough. Well, what does that mean? Well, what does that mean? You know, there, there's a lot of things that, that are done as far as the breakthrough goes. And there, there's, you know, today's society, you know, I just saw two, a couple of our hospitality team this morning. They had two new phones, man. Every day there's like new breakthrough in technology. I can't keep up. I don't know about you. And I try to keep up with it. I can't. Um, there's three funny breakthrough ones, though, that I, I like. One is there was a scientist a couple hundred years ago, and he had in his fridge some living bacteria. And while it was in his fridge, he went away for a week and came back. And guess what happens to living bacteria in your fridge while you leave it alone? It grows. And it grew, and it turned into these little black mold spores. And this is how, it was a complete accident, but this is where we get amoxicillin or penicillin from. It was a complete accident. It wasn't meant to happen. He was doing a whole other study. Well, that's an incredible breakthrough that I'm grateful with for our our kids this week. And, 
And, uh, you know, how many of you have ever had amoxicillin in your life? Probably just about all of us. That's a breakthrough. Here's the other one. There was a, a gentleman a couple hundred years ago, and he was uh, by rubber trees, which we don't have any here really in the States, and, you know, down in the, uh, you know, Central America location. And he was, he was you know, trying to format this rubber for industry and, and different things. And, and rather, he took a piece of the rubber tree, you probably know where I'm going, and he set it inside of his mouth. And he put it right inside of his mouth, just kind of doing some other stuff on the tree. And he thought, this kind of tastes good. This tastes really good. And so rather than use it for industry, he decided, I'm going to process this, and I'm going to call it chiclet. That's the first gum was chiclet. Okay, it came out of there. Now, this, this one's my favorite one. Can I, I, you're okay. I'm real with you, right? That's okay. All right. Some of you are, like, really scared right now. It's awesome. Um, I'm just going to be real. You, you're welcome to grab coffee and hang out in the foyer until I'm done. But uh, th- this, this was my favorite. There were gentlemen, there were guys, and this wasn't that long ago, about 20, 30 years ago, and they were suffering with a heart disease called angina. And they went to the doctor, and they asked the doctor, they said, I really need help with this. And they said, actually, we're doing this new medical research. We'd love to have you come and be a part of this, sign all these waivers and, and all this, and we've got this great medis- medication you can take. And so they started taking this medication, and they did a study group six months to a year. Medication didn't work didn't work at all, and then they still were having the, the heart issues that, that they had in the beginning, and so the doctor sent out, and I love this, doctor sent out a note, and they asked all the guys, they said, however, we need you to send back any unused, you know, medicine back to us, and almost, first time ever in history here, almost 100% of the men said no. This is where we get a medicine for guys that need it, that starts with the letter V, we'll leave it there. Just being real with you. Go back to me, with me to the book of Exodus just for a moment. We're going to read here in just a second. But go back to Exodus, and, and you have this incredible story, an incredible breakthrough. Now, let's be real with each other. We're gonna, this is you and me this morning, okay? How many of you, I want you to raise your hand, I want you to raise it proudly this morning. This, this is God speaking to you this morning. How many of you are going, I need a breakthrough? about all of us, all right? Just about all of us. I need a breakthrough. I know a lot of you have been praying for my family this week, and I I very much appreciate that, and uh, I can share more with you later. Um, Right now, I've got a job that I believe God wants me to do this morning, and this is this. You have Moses, and he's in Egypt. He's trapped in slavery. The people are trapped in slavery, and God speaks to Moses to bring the people out. Maybe you're familiar with this story. And he brings the Israelites outside of slavery through an incredible, miraculous way of what God did in the heart of Pharaoh. God showed Pharaoh miracle upon miracle and then said Pharaoh hardened his heart, whether they did, you know, whether he turned the water to blood or whether there was these locusts or fry, there's tons of different stuff until finally the Lord killed their firstborn. That's where we get the Passover from. And, and Pharaoh was ticked and said, get out of here, get out of here. And so Moses said to the people, he said, hey, guess what? We've had a breakthrough. We can leave. We get to go. We get to be out of here. And so Moses led the Israelites. If you're not familiar with the story, they got all their chariots, they got all the people together, the women, the kids, their, all their agriculture, farming animals, everything, and they went out for this land. And you might say, well, where were they going? You ever wonder, like, they were leaving. Where were they headed? At this time, if you read in the text in the book of Exodus, they actually did not yet know where the promised land was. However, Moses had heard of one city, and the city's name was Elam. And so he thought, we got to go to Elam. Elam 
in the Hebrew, it means a dreamlike oasis. It's this beautiful, spectacular place that they want to go to. And so Moses says, that's where we're headed, but we got a huge problem on the way. And that problem is we got to cross this huge piece of water. I don't know how it's going to work. I don't know what's going to happen. But God is the God of the breakthrough. And so he's like, we got to do this. And so they get and, and they get going. Finally, they get you know, on their way and, and God's protecting them in miraculous different ways um, at night and during the day. And they finally get to this body of water and they have to cross. Well, right behind them, they realize that the Egyptian army is coming after them. Pharaoh got his heart hardened again and said they were leading to attack the Israelites. They got all mad again. And so they're looking back. Moses knows God does these breakthrough things. And he's on his way. They get to the edge of the Red Sea and they get ready to cross. Now, if you ask me exactly where it was, it depends which scholar you ask. But it doesn't matter. It's still an incredible breakthrough, an incredible miracle in this story. They get up there and they cross. God parts the waters. They cross dry land. They get to the other side and they see the Egyptians coming after them, they go the same route, and then what happens? You know the story, some of you, the, the water crashes in over the Egyptians, over Pharaoh. It kills them all and annihilates them all. And that, to me, was another breakthrough. And so here they are, and they're broken through. And so they get, they get here, and they're just excited. Now, Moses is thinking, we've got to get to Elam. That's the city I believe that God spoke to him about. I've got to get to this, this wonderful oasis. Why do you want to go there? Well, he knows he's going he's gonna to have to travel through the desert to get to this place called Elam. Well, let's, let's read in Scripture here what exactly takes place. All right, so go ahead, read with me. Here we go, Exodus chapter 15, um, verses 22 through 27, if you're following along. Otherwise, we got on the screen for you. Then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea, and they went into the desert of Shur. For three days, they traveled in the desert without finding water. How many of you have ever gone three days without water? I haven't. I haven't. Okay, verse 23. When they came to Marah, they would not drink its water because it was bitter. That's why the place is called Marah. Keep going. So the people grumbled against Moses, saying, What are we to drink? Then Moses cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a piece of wood. He threw it into the water, and the water became fit to drink. There the Lord issued a ruling and instruction for them, and put them to the test. He said, If you listen carefully to the Lord your God and do what is right in His eyes, if you pay attention to His commands and keep all of His decrees, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Last verse. Then they came to Elam, eventually, where there were 12 springs and 70 palm trees. How many know in the desert, that's like a great place? That's a great place. And they camped there near the water. So here's the story, just to recap, just briefly. Moses is here with the Israelites. He's on his way to Elam. This is a land, this, this dreamlike oasis. And he's got to go through this place that's three miles out, three, excuse me, three days out called Mara. They get here. Now have they seen, let, let's, let's look at it. Have the Israelites seen breakthrough yet? Over and over and over and over and they get to this place called Elam. And what does it say in the text we read? It said that the Israelites grumbled against Moses, or your version might say they complained. You know, they were like, oh, well, what are we going to do? Thanks a lot, Moses. Thanks, thanks a lot. See, what happened is, what I find very interesting is God called Moses out. God said, I got a speech impediment. God, you can't use me. And yet God led the, Moses led the Israelites out of Egypt. Saw miracle after miracle after miracle. 
And it wasn't enough yet for the Israelites. And so they get to this place, Marah, and they're going three days without water. Three days. And they finally come up to this little pool. And you've got to admit, after three days in the desert, you're like, is that really water or is it a mirage? Right? Like, is that really there? You know, you've seen that before. You're coming up the crest. And you're like, I don't even know if that's really in the distance or not. You know, but maybe it is. You know, come on. How many times have you wondered, is that, is that mountains or clouds? And then you realize you live in Minnesota. And you're like, that's clouds. Right? And, and so three days, and they finally find this water, and they go to drink the water. Now, now this is just mind-boggling to me. I don't care how bitter the water is. I'm drinking it. I've gone three days without water. Something Bitter must mean something totally different here because it was unsustainable, undrinkable. They couldn't do it. As I said, we're not gonna, we can't drink it. And so God has to change Moses' perspective or show Moses something before this breakthrough that can take place. Something has to change in him. And so he's got to change his whole perspective. So while Moses is looking at the situation, he's got the Israelites that are grumbling, he prays. He says, all right, God, I need to know, what am I supposed to do? And God speaks to him and says, see that tree over there? Because obviously he didn't. This is a desert-like place, Mara. Still exists today. And he goes over to the tree, takes a piece of the tree, and he goes and he throws it into the bitter water and says it made it drinkable. Now, This is not a medicinal principle in this tree that made this water drinkable. This was a miracle of God. This was a miracle, okay? It wasn't because it was some, we were like, oh man, we need need that because then I can pay a lower water bill and save for it. No, that's not what we need. Some of you are like, you hit a nerve. Um, Here's the deal. God does this, yet the people are complaining, yet Moses is like, hey, let's do this. Let's get through this. And so not only do they go through Elam, and we don't know if there's people, or through Mara, we don't know if there's people there, but God gives them not only Mara, but then eventually the town of Elam that they end up with eventually. Breakthrough after breakthrough after breakthrough. Let me give you four thoughts this morning. I don't, I don't, we don't have a lot of time this morning. But here's the first thought. When you pray about breakthrough, if you're going, God, I need a breakthrough in my life, What you're really saying is this. Number one, when you pray for breakthrough, be ready for battle. They wanted a breakthrough. They broke through. They were ready. They were ready to go. And and yet what took place is they had to go through this desolate land. Later on, a book later, in the book, a couple books later in the book of Joshua, Joshua enters the land of Canaan. It's the promised land. He enters this. And if you read on, he enters the town of Jericho. And if you're familiar with the story of Jericho, it's one of my favorite stories. They have to march around the town, and eventually the town comes crumbling down. And Joshua's doing this, and the people are thinking, you're kind of crazy, Joshua, but we're going to follow you because you're the leader, and God's been speaking to you. And, and they watch the wall crumble down. Now, my, my first theology of the you know, walls of Jericho was through Veggie Tales. You seen that one? Joshua and the big wall? It wasn't slushies. It wasn't, they weren't killing people with slushies. There wasn't little Italian peas flying everywhere. It's just not the way it worked, okay? And so real, what happened is the walls came down. Now in the movie VeggieTales, the walls come down and you see the little Italian peas or French peas and they got the little helmet on and they're looking and they all start, you know, "Ah," and they run away. Ah. It's just fun to say. It's not how it happened. If you were in Jericho, and you were fighting for your town, and your walls were destroyed, you're just going to be like, we surrender, we give it all to you? No. What takes place is a battle. And then eventually, after they capture and they conquer 
the wall of Jericho, the city of Jericho, what happens next is they enter the land of A, or I, however you pronounce it, it's A-I. Okay, they go there, but because of some sin in the Israelite camp, they don't get to conquer it. And Joshua's like, we don't even have to send that many troops. We can just send a few. We're going to be good. We're going to be glorious. Look what God's done. We have seen the over and over and over. And so we're just excited that we're going to see another breakthrough. Let me be honest with you this morning. Sometimes I pray for the breakthrough over and over and over in our church. I pray for, God, I, I don't know why we're not at two or three services. God, I don't know why we haven't seen 500 people come in. I don't, God, I think everybody from everywhere should be coming to church with us this morning. It's not the way it always works. And here's what happens. Sometimes God wants us to go through Mara before we get to Elam in our life. Okay, which brings up point number two. Okay, brings up point number two, and that's this. On the journey, you know, you pray through breakthrough, you realize it's going to be a battle, that's number one, but on the journey, sometimes it can get frustrating. Sometimes it can get frustrating on your journey. And so you have to look at the outcome rather than the obstacle. What's the outcome? Not the obstacle in your way. Because you got to focus on that. you got to focus. Some of you know, and, and, and there's somebody here this morning that's helped me lose over 60 pounds this morning. Come on. That's awesome. It's a breakthrough. And I, I owe my life to that man. I'm very grateful for him. Now, when I go to the gym and I see other people part of our church, I get scared because I know they want me to have another breakthrough. And I'm not ready for another breakthrough yet. I'm not going to mention any Nikki names. But she's doing it because she loves me. She wants the best for me. She wants to see me have breakthrough. God wants us to see that breakthrough too. He wants us to have that breakthrough, whatever that looks like. And so here's the difference, though. Before God can do something through you, he wants to do something in you, okay? And so you got to be ready for that. When you're going, I want the breakthrough. I want the breakthrough, Lord. I, w- I want us to have three services. I want us to have a team of 10 full-time staff. I want us to be able to plant other churches and, and multi-site and this and that. You know what? Before he, He's got to get us healthy. He's got to get me healthy. He's got to do something in us before he's going to do that through us. The same goes for wherever you're at in your life. And that brings up number three. Number three is this. You are a leader. And so lead well in the battlefield. Don't just wait for the outcome. Lead well in the battlefield. You know, you go back to point number two here. You're going to get frustrated. It's not I was going to look like Elam. It's not I was going to look like a dream-like oasis. You're going to feel like, man, I'm stuck in Mara. I don't like Mara. No one likes Mara. They wanted to get out of Mara. But do you realize where the miracle took place? It wasn't in Elam. It was in Mara. God wants the miracle in the dry place in your life. That's where he wants to have it happen. And he wants to do that in you, whatever that looks like, whatever breakthrough that you need. But know that the moment you go through that breakthrough, you haven't arrived. There's going to be another breakthrough that God wants you to go through. So during that, lead well. Whether you, whether you work in the school, whether you work in ministry, whether, you know, no matter what your job is, whether you're a son, a daughter, a mom, a dad, a husband, a wife, you know, whether you're a single person, whether you're dating, it doesn't matter. Lead well in that situation. Learn to lead. Ask God, like Moses did. You, you have two choices. You can either, we can either be like the Israelites where we go, God, I don't know why we haven't arrived yet. I, I know you've done breakthroughs before, but obviously, God, that was in the Old Testament. You haven't done that in the New Testament. You did that in the New Testament. You haven't done it today. And God's going, I want to show up. I want to show off. But he does the miracle usually in the dry place. You know, we've heard at the top of the valley or top of the mountain, there's no fruit. The fruit doesn't grow up there. Where's the fruit grow? It grows down in the valley. 
And so sometimes we've got to walk through those mark places because God's developing our character. God's developing, developing us as a church, okay? We weren't ready for Derek until now, but I believe we are. I believe God wants to do some incredible things in the young people of our church. That's where we're at. Here's the last one I want to give you this morning, and that's this. Out, out of all of them, this is the most important, okay? It's the, it's the most important. Look, look out. Look at the outcome, not the obstacles. Lead well, all right? And realize that if you say, God, I want that breakthrough, you're going to have a battle. But here's the most important of all. Why did all this happen? If you go back to the text, and here's Moses, and he's with the people. They're grumbling. They're complaining. They get to Mara, and they're like, man, we just, we just need something to happen. We need something to take place. We're looking for that miracle. They didn't say that. Only Moses did. What were they doing? They were complaining. Like, oh, man. Well, wh- why? why? Why did God allow them to go through this? I tell you what, in the last week, man, I've asked the question why with the, the stuff going on with my mom more than I have in a long time. And if, for those of you that don't know, my mom's dying of cancer right now. She might not make it till Wednesday. And uh, I know a lot of you have been praying, and I appreciate that. And I've been, I've been asking the question, why? Why, God? Why? Why? That's the only, only answer I can come up with. Even Billy Graham answered that question. He said, I don't know. Okay? Now, I can't say I have a better answer than, than Billy Graham does. That'd be arrogant. But I think the answer that I can come up with, and that's number four this morning, why does he do it? What's the purpose of it? Why do we have to go through Mara before we get to Elam? Why do we go through dry times? Why do we go through times where where we're not growing all the time, where we're going, all right, God, what are you doing? The only thing I can come up with after praying and praying and really thinking this through, this might sound simple to to you, but to me it's the deepest thing there is in all of the faith. The only reason is because he wants relationship with you. I can't think of any other reason. I can't. If not, it is a cruel God. But I don't believe he is a cruel God. I believe he's a loving God that desperately wants relationship with you more than anything else. That's his desire. And so I look at that and I go, all right, God, allow us to get it. Allow us to lead well. Allow us to look at what, what's our outcome as a church. What is it that you want to do in and through us? We're, you know, I'm always out looking five, seven years, you know. We're getting ready to, we want to plan a church out of here. We're looking for that leader. We're looking for people to say, man, we want to develop people. We want to disciple people. If you're looking for a church and you're looking for a pastor that's just status quo and goes, all right, we're good. We kind of arrived. We can take care of the finances. We've got a building. We're not setting up in the elementary school. Then I'm not your guy because I'm not going to stop and I'm going to fight, well, whether you go through Mara, but I'm going to fight because I want to get to the dreamlike oasis, okay? Now, we might not ever get there until we're in heaven, paradise, but I want to fight and I want to allow God to develop in me what he wants me to be and I want him to develop in you what he wants you to be. There's nothing more important than any of those points in the relationship that he wants with you. I say it all the time. He wants to meet you where you're at. He does. And I believe that when you say yes to him and you live out your life, there's nothing more deep in theology than that. That the God of billions of people says, you know what, I care about that one person that lives in now then care about them. You know, I care about the farmer. I care about them. That's who God is. And so Matt's right when he shared this morning. I'm not here to pastor the bridge. I want to pastor this community. You know, I want to walk alongside with people. But I'm asking you to hold my hands up with that this morning. Here's the vision side of this. 
I'm asking you to do that. You might be the only Jesus someone ever meets in this community, okay? You have a circle of influence that's different than every person here. So how can you be that Jesus with skin on, so we say, within that realm of influence? And then lead well. Be transparent. Be real. Share with them your struggles. You know, but Pastor Chris, but Pastor Chris, I'm not quite there yet. I don't read my Bible enough. I'm, I'm not a leader. I don't have pastor in my title of my name. Well, I don't care. I don't think God does either. We haven't arrived. We haven't arrived. And so allow God to lead you through those dry times. So while we're going through Mara, he's prepping us for Elam. Would you stand for This has been a podcast of the Bridge Church. Have a great week. Stop in Sunday sometime and visit. If you would like to give, you can do so online at sfbridge.org. Have a great week.